0: God's Word. Heavenly Father, we come to Thy Word again, and Lord, we desire to hear from You, and we, as Your Spirit opens our eyes, illuminates our minds to understand Your truths, Father, I pray that we might apply them to our lives, that we might leave different than when we came, and it might transform us this week. Father, thank You for this honor we have now to look into your precious living word we ask in jesus name amen amen well if you will take your bibles please let's turn to psalm 103 psalm 103 we continue our study in the psalms and i come to this particular psalm it's a psalm of david but a very familiar psalm that many of you have read before, probably some of you have memorized. But there are so many rich truths in this psalm that uh, I think the Lord would have us remember and, uh, and apply to our hearts once again. David, in this psalm, is, is speaking to himself about the Lord and he's telling himself as we will see in the first verse he is telling his own soul what he needs to do have you ever talked to yourself yeah have you ever done how many did it this morning ask how yourself is doing no you know we do that sometimes right we talk to the Lord but then there's a oh why'd you do that you know or we sometimes we we have to get a, get a grip Of ourselves and and we end up talking to ourselves david is talking to himself and and speaking to his own soul about something that he needs to do this is not a psalm like some of the others that david wrote uh when he was in trouble when he was in in a uh, uh in a crisis where his life was threatened where suddenly there was a um Uh, 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 He was in the middle of of sin or, or tragedy, but this entire psalm is a psalm of praise. And I think, I know myself, I don't praise the Lord as much as I should on a daily basis. Look with me at what he says as he opens it in verses 1 and 2. David writes, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, he repeats it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Forget none of his benefits. He uses the word, what we translated here, bless, bless the Lord. Notice he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to his soul and saying, soul, you need to bless the Lord. What does this word bless mean? Now, there are different Hebrew words for the English word bless we use in Scripture. Uh, If you recall how it's used in other areas of Scripture, the word blessed or blessing, uh, such as Leviticus 9 when Aaron the the high priest blessed the people, he lifted his hands toward them as an act of conferring a blessing on them. So this that's a different type of blessing, as 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 the word means here. Uh, Jesus blessed his disciples. Okay, uh, when he was ascending, right before his ascension to return to his father, he blessed his disciples. In Luke 24, and he lifted his hands toward them and blessed them. There again, that word is not the same as what is translated here for blessed. Basically, it's very simple. This word blessed translated in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is Barak, B-A-R-A-K. And that simply means praise or literally to kneel down down to praise or kneel down it is actually an act of worship when he you bless the lord and so that's what he is saying here he's saying i oh soul praise the lord praise the lord praise him for what verse two bless the lord O oh my soul praise him and forget not his benefits how many times we will just throw up lord i thank you i praise you you know for for uh, my family you know the food on the table my job we praise him we give thanks but how many times do i focus upon the benefits that God has bestowed on me this is where David is going with this and this is so crucial I think for our own personal walk with the Lord that I will be in such a place where I continually remember and focus upon the things that the Lord has done for me and the things he has given for me and so He goes down a list now. David goes down a list of five benefits that we're going to see in the next few verses, and I want you to take these with you this week and praise the Lord, bless the Lord for these things. What are some of these benefits? By the way, uh, if you, those of you, when you applied for a job, uh, two things you pretty much ask for, right? How much you going to get paid? right? And then what's the next thing? Benefits. Okay. Are there any benefits that come with this job? Well, we tend to forget the benefits that have been given us by our heavenly father the moment we were saved, the moment we became his child. Look at some of these benefits and David points them out. Verse, verse 3 Don't forget his benefits. And here's one. Who pardons or forgives all your iniquities. Who pardons all all your iniquities, forgives your sin. God has forgiven all your sin. Notice he uses the word all there. Circle the word all's in the psalm. As you go through, who pardons all your iniquities, not just some, and there may be some sin in your life from the past that has haunted you, that has has, has just uh you, you the guilt has been so great that you can't forgive yourself. God wants you to understand one of his benefits is that he has cleansed you and forgiven you of all your sin of all your sin, and of course we have first john 1 9 as a promise if we confess our sins he is what faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all there's the word all again all unrighteousness i don't have to worry that god's going to hold something still against me He's a God that forgives. This is one of the great benefits God has bestowed upon his people. And David recognized that. If anybody knew about it, David did. When you look at his life and how many times he fell, he sinned before the Lord, and yet he was a man after God's own heart. And yet God forgave him. Oh, there was chastisement. There were consequences to his sin, but God still forgave. He still carried David through. So he forgives. There's the first benefit. What's next? Verse three, who heals all our diseases, who heals all our diseases. Now, when some people have taken that verse and grabbed it, and some of the faith healers over over the years have taken that verse and says, well, then this means that that you, you, you should all be well all the time, that you, you, God will heal you of everything. And if you're not healed, you don't have enough faith, right? You ever hear that? Well, here, he's not talking about that he's going to heal every disease, but he heals, notice, he heals all our diseases. What does this mean? It means that as you look back on your life, Whenever you were sick, whenever you were near death, whenever you were in the hospital and you were brought through it, you got better. Who healed you? Doctor? No. No. Doctor was used by God, right? But the healing came from who? The Lord. He is the one. So whether it's 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 a, a virus, a cold or maybe something that that has put me in the hospital and, and my life is threatened and God spares my life, I look back. I must look back at the benefit of how God healed me. Look back and thank Him for that and look how He's brought you through and He's going to bring you through. Now, we all know we're going to die unless the trumpet sounds. We go first. So we know that we're frail. These bodies are going to break down. But along the way, David is speaking of the healing that God brought to him in his life. And so he knows that God gets the credit for any healing. And we have to be, it's so easy sometimes, isn't it, to to praise a doctor. We thank the Lord for our doctors. But uh, do you remember King Hezekiah? King Hezekiah was diseased in his feet and he sought doctors and not the Lord. And therefore it took him. And sometimes we can, we can hold doctors up higher than God. We've got to be careful. But there's something else I want you to, to uh, consider. Turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Okay, so if you'll slide over to Isaiah 53. Because David is speaking now of physical... Healing, but I believe it also concerns our spiritual healing, the healing that Christ brought to you and to me at the cross through his death and taking our sin upon himself. So let's pick it up at uh, verse 2. And of course, this is a messianic passage speaking of the Messiah to come and the sacrifice he would make For the sins of the world. And this is Jesus Christ. Verse 2. For he grew up before him like a tender shoot. Like a root out of a parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him. Nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Look what our Savior did for us. Verse 4. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And here it is, verse 5. Why? But he was pierced through on the cross for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon him. End of verse 5. And by his scourging or stripes we are what healed there it is by his stripes we are healed and here isaiah is talking about the healing of 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 god's uh, mercy and grace when he bestows his grace he heals us of our sin For we were broken, diseased, dying, headed for hell. And he came and he reached down. He sent his son. And his son said, I'm going to die that you might be healed of your sin. That you might be restored and given everlasting life. Think of what our Savior did for us in healing all our diseases. Our sin. The sin of disease. How often do I thank the Lord for for that sacrifice during the weekend in my daily routine. Lord, I praise you for the benefit of your healing of my soul. So here, it could be physical. David is talking about physical or, of course, spiritual healing as we see here. Go back with me now, if you would, to Psalm 103. And let's continue our list. He goes on, verse 4 now. David writes another benefit. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who redeems your life from the pit. Again, uh, this statement, this benefit, speaks of the uh, physical part of our life, but also the spiritual end, after we die. And that word pit, that word pit, Uh, is really synonymous in the Hebrew with the grave. Okay, so he's basically saying the Lord, he's the one who redeems your life from the grave. In other words, uh, God has spared you from death time and time again. I love Psalm 66, 20. Actually, turn to it since we're so close. Turn over to Psalm 66, 20. And this, this has become very special to me, Psalm 6820. <clears throat> the psalmist writes here, and again, this is a psalm of David. God is to us a God of deliverances or salvation. He's a God of deliverances, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. And to God the Lord belong the escapes from death. This, years ago, became special to me because of my allergy to bees, as many of you know. Uh, my stories and uh, there were uh, two times at least two times that I almost died from the bee sting and I'm not going to go through the whole stories but I remember those days where my throat swelled up I got stung throat swelled up I began to not I'm not being able to breathe and uh, and this is the, the first time I found out I just passed out on the grass I was mowing the lawn and my dad happened to come out. This is before I was married. I was mowing the lawn for the mom and dad. And and, uh, they found me lying in the grass in the rain. I was completely uh, unconscious. Um, They they called the ambulance. They they took me to the hospital. And I remember lying on... uh, There was a sense of I could hear. I was out, but I could hear voices. And I was lying in the grass... And they were asking me, what happened, what happened, what happened? And I remember just saying, being able to get out one word, beasting. And so then they knew right there. And uh, I don't know why I said this, but it came out. The last words I remember saying were, you're in good hands with all (laughs) state. I was thinking of good hands with the Lord. You know, because I felt the presence of the Lord with me. And my mom and dad go, what did he say? You know, so um, anyway, couldn't live that down. But God, they got me to the hospital in time and God spared my life. He delivered me from death. And then it happened on another occasion on a golf course. And so I carry those EpiPens. But many of you have been on death's door as well. You have a story to tell of how God delivered you. This is, uh, this is the verse that I hold dear. To God alone belong the escapes from death. He holds the keys. He determines when my time is up and how long I have to live, and I just trust him. And I can know that the times he has spared my life, I must praise him. I must bless his name for what he has done for the great benefit of sparing our lives time and time again. And there are times where your life was and my life was spared when we didn't even know it. How about that car that may have been barreling down and was going to go through a stop sign and for some reason God slowed you down or had you look and then it came right through the intersection. You know, time and time again, God spares our lives. So here is another benefit we must bless the Lord for. If you go back now to... 103, psalm 103 again look at the next one in verse 4 david writes who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion he crowns us with loving kindness and compassion if you have the king james version it's translated tender mercies tender mercies god has crowned us with his loving kindness and compassion. In other words, his hand has covered you with his love and compassion all the days of your life. And no matter how bad the trials, no matter how distant God may feel to you, he is there and he, he, has, his, he has poured out his compassion and loving kindness on you. And we must remember that he loves me more than anyone could ever love me. And so what he allows into my life, I have to understand that it comes from the hand of a loving father, my father in heaven, who makes no, he's too wise to make any mistakes. And he's too loving to be unkind. I can trust him. You can trust him. So here, let's bless the Lord for his compassionate, uh, his compassion, his loving kindness that he gives to us. The next one, the last one here in verse five, he then says, Who satisfies your years with good things? Who satisfies your years with good things? Tr- King James Version translates uh, years as m- your mouth satisfies your mouth with good things but basically he's talking about your your life my life how god has satisfied us with the things the good things that we need in this life and not just things we need but many of our desires and joys in this life that he has given to us james 1:17, james wrote every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good thing has come to you in your life because of the hand of a loving Father. And so He has satisfied you and He will continue to satisfy you all the days of your life in the midst of the sorrow, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the tears. He will bring good to your heart And we know, of course, Romans 8, 28, that he will work all things together for good. To those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. So David gives us these benefits that we are to bless the Lord for. And when we do, when we begin to bless the Lord, to praise him for all these benefits that he has given to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, something happens. And it's at the end of verse 5. So that your youth is renewed like an eagle. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Of course, we know the, the uh, verses in Isaiah 40. You know, uh, those who are weary, you know, you will mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not faint and and we have that passage concerning an eagle but here he he speaks David speaks of the renewing like an eagle your life if we bless the lord if i am praising the lord and i'm I, yes i will get weary we will get tired in this life we're going to get worn down and beaten down by the enemy and he's going to he's coming after us but here's something wonderful that my spirit can be renewed day by day. Though the outward body is perishing, my inner man is being renewed day by day. Now, how does that relate to an eagle? How is an eagle renewed? You Remember, we talked about that eagle's nest. If you drive down 343 and I finally saw the eagle in it. And I know many of you have seen it. Some told me they saw it flying around and it was just beautiful. I could only see the top of his head sitting in the nest, but there it was but as i as I studied what this means, okay uh, it may now some some people feel that the renewing like an eagle stems from the eagle's longevity, but most relate this to the eagle, which receives new plumage during molting they actually have a molting time that is that the eagle sheds his feathers in early spring and then he grows new ones to make himself look young again the old feathers that have been beaten and worn are taken away and suddenly, new ones, God made an eagle so that new feathers would grow and show. And it looks like the eagle's never growing old. And that's what David's talking about. That you and I, and Paul talked about the renewing of the inner man, you know, and that happens when I choose to praise the Lord for all his benefits, when I choose to bless his name. And remember this, that blessing the Lord or praising him in my life is a choice, not a feeling. Because there are going to be times in your life where you're not going to feel like praising the Lord at all. That you're not going to, that the last thing you want to do is, is to say, thank you, Lord. I praise you for your benefits. You're not going to feel like it. But David learned to choose to praise the Lord. And he put down the list and said, Lord, here it is. And he's telling his own soul because his own soul didn't feel like doing it. So he says, "Soul, listen to me. I want you to bless the Lord. And here is what you should bless him for. So, uh, again, take these with you this week, go over them in your mind this week, write them down in your Bible or on a a three by five card. And, uh, and forget not the Lord's benefits and bless him at all times. And then quickly, we're going to read through a few other verses here. Uh, the next, uh, the rest of the chapter, we're not, we're, we want to spend most of the time there. But there's so much more. Take time this week to read on your own and study this chapter. But verse 6 to 12, let's read. David goes on, the Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He had made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. Now David brings, he talks about God is righteous, his righteous deeds, and his judgments for all who are oppressed, his righteous judgments, how he will come and he will defend the poor, and his judgments are pure and right. And the way he dealt with Israel was just and right. And David brings up Moses. Notice he says, God, the Lord, made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. And we can see that in Exodus 34. So quickly turn to Exodus 34 with me. If you go back to Exodus 34 and we're going to see how God revealed himself to Moses acts 34 verse 1 now the Lord said to Moses, cut out for yourself two stone tablets like the former ones you remember what happened to the former ones right? He came down down the, the mountain. He saw the idolatry of the Jews that, that were worshiping the golden calf. He took them, and he, Moses was so mad, he broke them. So he needed a second set. So the Lord descended from clouds, stood with him, uh, uh, he, and here he, God said, cut out for yourself the two stones like the former ones, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you shattered. So be ready by morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me on top of the mountain. And no man is to come up with you, nor let any man be seen anywhere on the mountain, even the flocks and the herds may not graze in the front of that mountain. So he cut out two stones, stone tablets like the former ones. Moses rose early up in the morning and he went to Mount Sinai and as the Lord had commanded him he took two stone tablets in his hands. Verse 5 and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord and then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed Look at this what did he come what did he proclaim here to Moses Now remember in Exodus the Israelites were Uh, brutal people to deal with. You know, uh, all they did was complain, pretty much. All they did was murmur. All they did was yell at Moses, yell at, say, why have you brought us here? And then they, they would turn to idolatry in the wilderness. All these things, God could have just said, I've had enough. God could have said, I'm through with you, all of you, and wiped them all out. Yes, he tested them. But look what he tells Moses about himself. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. And yet, he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. You see, God's just; he has to deal and punish for sin, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the on the children and the the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. But uh, Moses then made haste to bow low toward the earth and worship. But I want you to. This is uh Scholars believe that this is where David was, was, uh, focusing his mind on because he almost, this is exactly what he's writing about in Psalm 103. He may have had the, a copy of Exodus with him next to him as he was writing this other Psalm. What is David tell? Uh, what, what is God telling Moses? He's saying, you, have, you don't understand how compassionate and loving I am, how forgiving I am. And if we would just grasp that and understand how loving and forgiving our Lord is to us when we stumble and fall, when we fail him. If you're his child today, you you confess your sin, it is forgiven you. It is forgiven. And if you don't know Christ today, all your sins can be forgiven you if you just come to him by faith and receive him. So this is, I believe, where David was going in his psalm. So flip back and we'll continue on in Psalm 103. And so we see then beginning in verse 8 what we just read that God said to Moses. Verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, there it is, and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. It's talking about sin. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Oh, if God had, you and I wouldn't be here. But you are sitting here, dear friend, by the grace of God. He chose you, he sanctified you, set you apart, and cleansed your heart, made you a new creation, and you're sitting here by God's grace so that he can continue to Uh, pour out his compassion and love upon you until you reach heaven you reach your heavenly home but he's talking about how god will forgive sin and then look at verses 11 and 12 for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us I know to many of you that's a familiar statement. As far as east is from the west, that's how far our sins are, that God remembers them no more. And here David mentions the height of God's love and the width of his forgiveness. The height of his love, there in verse 11, and the the width of his uh, forgiveness. It's interesting if you study these things uh, about, if you're talking about the heavens, and uh, we realize he says, as, he says as high as the heavens are above the earth. Any of you heard of, the, of Voyager 1? You remember Voyager 1 that was sent out? If you were around in 1977, that's when it was launched by Nassau. And Voyager 1 was launched by on September 5th, 1977. It has been traveling for 45 years. It has gone past Saturn and Jupiter and to the edges of our solar system. And right now, it is about 15 billion miles away from us. How about that? It's still traveling. And it's traveling at almost 40,000 miles per hour. At that rate, it would take the Voyager 75,000 years to reach the nearest star, which is 23,514,520,000,000 miles away. How high are the heavens? There's proof. And yet God says, my love goes farther than that. For you. My love goes farther than that. We won't take time to turn to it. But look on your own time. Romans 8. When Paul talks about. Who shall separate us from what? The love of God. Height nor depth nor width. He goes through the list. He says nothing will separate us. From the love of God. And my friend you will never get away from the love of God. Even if we choose to go our own way and we want to do our own thing and own will, his love will follow us. Just like the father and the the prodigal son. How beautiful this is. God's love and then his forgiveness east as far as the east is from the west. If you keep going east, you will never reach the west. If you go west, You will never reach the east. Again, that's how far God has forgiven and forgotten our sins. But let's just read out the rest of the chapter then. So then verse 13. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. I think we forget how short life is. We think we're going to live forever on this earth, don't we? As a, for a man. But David is, is getting a grasp of the brevity of life. As for man, his days are like grass as a flower of the field. So he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. Its place acknowledges it no more. But the loving kindness of the Lord. what What, does, what is it? It is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant, who remember his precepts to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heavens, in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. Bless, now, now, now David's going to call upon the angels. He's already called upon his own soul to bless the Lord. Look at verse 20. Bless the Lord, you angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of of his word. Bless the Lord, praise the Lord, all you hosts, again, speaking of the angels, you who serve him, doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of of his, in all places of his dominion. And then he concludes by saying it one more time. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Dear friends, leave here today blessing the Lord with all your soul. Would you do that? And start doing it this week and remember his benefits and you will be renewed like an eagle. Let's pray together. With our heads bowed right now before the Lord. Dear friend, if you have never, never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you understand that he died on the cross for you. You understand the gospel message that God loved you enough to send his only begotten son to take your sins upon himself and die in your place so that you could be forgiven of all your sin and, and be robed in his righteousness. If you have never had that happen to you, but you want to trust Christ Jesus with your life right now and give him your heart, would you pray with me? Just give him your heart right now. Pray a simple prayer like this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me, and you took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart. And wash away my sins. I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. And with our heads still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ this morning, you are now a child of God. You are transformed instantly. Your sins have been forgiven you. You've been given everlasting life as a free gift. And Jesus lives in your heart by his spirit. Welcome to the family of God. Dear Christian, would you make a commitment now to say, Lord, I am going to bless you this week, no matter what. I will choose to bless you for all your benefits. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for the commitments and decisions that have been made because of it. And we'll give you all the glory as we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.